It's that time again. It's Greek for the week. I'm Chris Palmer. Let's open our Bibles and get right down to the original language, the Greek. God bless you. It is the Greek for the Week podcast. Welcome back. We have a great show prepared for you today, and we're going to get into it, and we're going we're gonna to really, we're going for it today. So if you have your Bible, I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 8, and we're going to dive into what God has. And you know, we're going to touch on some things that are happening today in society. So it's important, and, and I believe, and I know this is the truth, that God's Word addresses the social and political situations of today. And not only that, but God's Word is used so that we can confront things that are happening in our world and look at the Word of God from a biblical biblical perspective for us to be able to determine the course of action that we should take as believers. And we're going to relate this to our lives. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 8 here. The Apostle Paul, before we get into this, let me give you some context. The Apostle Paul is defending his apostleship. You know, a lot of times we think that Paul now is the great Apostle Paul, and he is. He did more and affected more of the gospel. But back then, he was kind of like the greatest amongst equals. And actually, he had a lot of people that disliked him, didn't appreciate what he was doing, and thought ill of the Apostle Paul. And when you go through Paul's letters, especially 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and the book of Galatians, he mentions his opponents, and his opponents weren't very nice to him. And that, that just goes to show that if you're going to preach the gospel and do things, you're always going to have people that criticize you, even on social media. You could tell people, Jesus loves you, and somebody is ready to tell you why you're wrong. And they think they're doing it, think they're doing it for the Lord. And so we're always going to have opponents. We're supposed to walk in love and uh, continue to do the work of the ministry. But Paul is going to address his opponents, okay, and he's also going to talk about what his opponents were saying about him, and we're going to find some pretty interesting truths about what we're supposed to be like as believers and how as believers we're supposed to uh, see the will of God for our lives. It's going to be interesting. Are you ready? 1 Corinthians 15, 8. Let's back up to, well, let's go to verse number 6. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, okay? Then he says here, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me. Now, very interesting scripture here. When you're looking at this, it's important to see that Paul here is not necessarily calling himself one untimely born, but he is addressing what his critics were calling him. And here the Greek word for untimely born is ektromati, and it has a definite article in front of it, to ektromati, which makes it definite, makes it a direct title towards the Apostle Paul, okay? And this is really interesting. So the word here, ektromati, refers to something that, well, well, today in modern Greek, let's say it like this, today in modern Greek, this is the word that's used to describe a monster, something that is freakish, and something that is doesn't meet societal standards. But in ancient, and, and words have a way of, of changing form and changing shape. And, uh, but in Paul's time, this word was the word that was used to describe a baby that was not wanted by its mother and in many cases was induced for an abortion. That's the only word. Only word that we had in the Greek 
back in ancient times that referred to a baby that had defects and came out uh, and was not wanted by the mother or was induced and was aborted. Now, we don't hear this preached a lot of times in modern church circles because this is highly offensive stuff. And I always say Paul's the kind of guy that was the preacher who was always getting in trouble on social media for saying things too bluntly or too blatantly. I think sometimes, Paul, just by reading what he said in the Greek, he was not being inappropriate, but he was definitely not being politically correct about the things that he was saying. And he could have said things nicer. He was respectful. And there are times in Scripture where Paul uses euphemisms to be respectful, especially when it comes to sexual ethics. But there are times where Paul just goes for it. But again, he's quoting here his, uh, his critics and saying that my nickname by my critics is the abortion. Paul the abortion. I know you've probably never heard this, but then again, this is not stuff that is very popular to be preached. Now, why, why would the apostle Paul be called this by his critics? It's a terrible name to call somebody. I remember times were different back then as they are right now, but it's an awful name. Well, the reason why is because of a couple of things. Number one, 1 Corinthians 10.10, you'll find out that the apostle Paul was not an attractive person. He was a very uh, poor speaker. He was not a man of great stature. But perhaps the main reason is two, or two main reasons, is that number one, when you consider his past, here he was, a uh, persecutor of the church, and he was going around killing Christians, and he was being harmful to Christians, and it, it looked like that because of his past, he had never been truly born. And number two, it looks like the Apostle Paul, uh, when you consider his doctrine that he had at the time, the doctrine of salvation by grace, it was completely against what Judaism taught. His opponents at the time were saying, this man can't be saved. He can't truly be born because of his doctrine, and therefore he's come short of being born again somewhere along the line. He didn't go through the correct process, and he's come short of being born, and his critics were what they were saying is that the plan and the will of God for the Apostle Paul's life had been completely aborted, had been stopped, and God's plan for his life had come to a premature ending because when you consider his past, you consider his persecutions, and you consider the timeline, he, was, he was, wasn't on track with the rest of the Apostles. The rest of the Apostles were called early. Paul was called late. All these reasons came to mean that Paul was prematurely born, wasn't, was, had too many defects and, and didn't want, didn't want, God didn't want him to be part of the kingdom of God, is what some people were saying, or he's not part of the kingdom of God. Now, that's interesting, and that's, that is a really high form of criticism there, and the Apostle Paul had to overcome that because this is what his opponents were saying to him. Now, I think this speaks volumes, especially with what's going on in our society today, is that we have to see that God is a life-giving God. Now, Paul did say this in contrast to a Greek for the week we did previously, when he says, last of all, as one untimely born or as the abortion, he appeared to me, for I am the least of the apostles. Then he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul was saying that it was the grace of God that got into Paul's situation, even though he had a bad past, even though he had every reason not to be 
looked at as a candidate for salvation, but it was, according to what other people were saying, was required for salvation, but it was by God's grace that took somebody that had the defects, that had the problems, that was unwanted by societal standards and by religious standards at that time. God's grace got a hold of him and turned him into somebody that was able to affect the power of the gospel. And Paul said here that it was because of God's grace that he had done more than everyone else. It was powerful stuff. So Paul was least by means of qualification. He was least by means of what people said he could do, but the grace of God got into Paul's life and rose him up to be something that is quite powerful. Now, this goes to show you that God can do with a life a whole lot when other people don't want that life. I think that speaks to where we're at today, that God is able to take unwanted life and do a whole lot with it. Just when we say, oh, that this person's being looked over, oh, I don't expect much from this person, God can do a whole lot with it. We have to make sure that we, with our words and we, with expectations that we have, do not speak death over people's life. Because just when we think that God can't use somebody, God is able to take his grace and place it upon that person and raise that person up to be somebody that can affect the gospel. So just remember this, don't ever count out somebody because God's grace is able to use that somebody. And I think it speaks for society today, that God is not a God that's into aborting life prematurely. Now, let's go into politics today and see that. You, 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 we all know what's happening here in the United States, in America, the new health, Reproductive Health Act that was passed January 22nd by Governor Andrew Cuomo in the state of New York. I don't understand how people can accept something like this and suggest that it's okay to abort life before it happens. We have to understand that when you look here in the scripture, this was seen as something derogatory. It was seen as something profane. It was seen as something as a, a, a negative. And we always see God as somebody taking unwanted life and making something out of it. This speaks to a greater situation and to a greater circumstance, and that is God is a life giving God. He doesn't just abort life. God just doesn't say, well, you know what? The circumstances are contrary to it. Let's just, let's just get rid of it and, and, and wipe the slate clean and start all over again. That's not how God is, and that's not how God's character is. God, whenever there is life, God gives grace. We have to understand that. And you know, when it comes to mothers that are carrying children, they don't feel that they could carry the child, or they, listen, listen, there's a grace to carry that child. When it comes to mothers that don't know if they can afford the there is a grace. Wherever there is life, there is a grace for that life. Or let's look at it, maybe uh, take it out of the realm of what's happening with mothers and abortion today and look at it when it comes to uh, your past. Maybe you think your past has disqualified you from what God is able to do in your life. Not the case. There's still grace. You know, I have had people come to me over the years and say, well, my child's in school and they, they're getting really bad grades and they're always getting into trouble and, and, and it doesn't look like they have a very bright future. No, no, no. Take back those words. Stop declaring 
those things and start declaring the grace of God upon their life. Don't abort things with your words. Don't even consider ending life prematurely because of the circumstances. Paul's circumstances were contrary to everything. And everyone was saying, oh, Paul's not on the right timeline. Paul doesn't meet the qualifications, Paul this and Paul that. But Paul said, yeah, that's true. But the grace of God came along and gave to me what I needed so that I could have life. When everybody was ready to abort me, God gave to me life. And I think that speaks for uh, how we have to have a mentality today and say that, you know what? God's, God's not into aborting things. God's not into ending things prematurely. God's able to take something and to raise it up. So your confession today should be that I have God's life in me. I have God's power in me. I have God's grace in me. Everything in my life, every circumstance, every situation that I'm saying is coming to an end, that I'm saying is not going not to succeed, start speaking life over those things and start declaring by the grace of God, those things are going to be risen up and those things are going to have life. We as Christians need to fight for life. And we as Christians need to start declaring in dismal situations the grace of God and the life of God and stop looking at it like it's acceptable just to abort things because the circumstances are contrary. And that was happening in the Apostle Paul's life. So don't look at your past. Don't look at the way that you look. Don't look at the qualifications that you don't have. Don't look at any of those things. Start looking at the magnitude of the grace of God that is able to make you what you are. And so we have to pray today and believe God that in our society there's going to be a shift and we're going to begin to consider that in the lives of people who are bearing children, that they're going to start declaring that life is precious to God and there's tremendous amounts that God can do with a life that's not wanted. That's a life with a life that is looked over. People look over life in the womb. God looks at it and says, you know what? I, I, can, I can use that life. I can do something with that life. I can make something of that life. Even though it seems to be being born into a situation that's not optimistic or into a situation that's dismal, guess what? By my grace, I can do something precious with that life. If you give to me a chance, and maybe you're somebody watching today, you're a mother and you're pregnant, and you don't know what to do with that child that's in your womb, listen, do what God would do. Give it a chance. Declare the grace of God over your life. Declare the grace of God over that child's life, and declare that that child is wanted by God because he's able to take what's overlooked and to make something powerful and beautiful and special over it. God's not into abortion. God's not into cutting life short. God's into taking the least and raising, raising it up. And we see that in the Apostle Paul's case. Amen? Let me pray with you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare your grace over every unwanted situation in people's lives. I declare your power. I declare in the name of Jesus that you can take what other people don't want and you can do something powerful and special with it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the attack of the enemy on the lives of the unborn in this country. I bind it right now, Father. I release in the name of Jesus your ability and your power and your grace and your will. And I pray, Father, that laws will be changed to protect the lives of the unborn here in the United States of America. 
that you would touch the hearts of legislatures, that you would touch the heart of lawmakers, that they would begin to see, Father, that it's essential to give life a chance. And we declare the grace of God over mothers today who are carrying those children, that you will provide for them, that you will help them, Lord, along in the course of their pregnancy, that, Lord, you will give to them the support that they need, you'll give to them the finances that they need, because all life is precious towards you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. We thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have the opportunity, why don't you go on to iTunes, go ahead, give it five stars, and uh, make sure that you tell somebody about the Greek for the Week podcast, and make sure to tune in next time. Thank you so much, and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us further, you may visit us on the web at lightoftoday.org. God bless and good studying.